Hello and welcome to another message of the Latter Rain Ministries, where we are dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. We hope and pray that our ministry is helping you get closer to the Lord and to understand more clearly His ways. If you have any questions or just need some prayer, please feel free to contact us through our website at www.thelatterrain.org. We'd be glad to help. We would also like to make you aware that our English audio messages are now available as podcasts through iTunes. Please look for us in the Apple iTunes Store under Podcasts as The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. We pray that this new service will help make it easier to stay in tune with us as you listen to what the Lord shares through our ministry. And now, as part of today's look into God's Word, we'll be briefly going through the first part of Proverbs chapter 23 where we'll be talking about things related to money or the excess of money. How we need to be careful with people with the wrong heart and how we need to always keep in mind that there is an afterlife. So please join us for a few minutes as we go through today's message. Let's take a moment to pray together and ask the Lord for His guidance through His Word and His Holy Spirit. And so we have the right heart to listen and to take in what He's teaching us today. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise You, Lord. Blessing and honor and glory be to You, O Lord, now and always and forever and ever. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Holy God, that You please forgive my sins and my wrongs. And I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, humbly that you may guide us, O Lord, now, through your word, through your Holy Spirit. Help us, O Lord, to understand, to have open hearts and minds. Help us, O Lord, God, to just have clarity. Heavenly Father, to put aside any preconceived notions. Help us to just be soft before you. Lord God, I pray for everyone that's listening. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you may just work in their lives in a mighty way and that you might bless each and every one of them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today we'll be looking at Proverbs chapter 23, verse 1 to 18. And it says this, When you sit down to eat with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you, and put a knife to your throat if you are a man given to appetite. Do not desire his delicacies, for they are deceptive food. Do not overwork to be rich, because of your own understanding, cease. Will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle toward heaven. Do not eat the bread of a miser, nor desire his delicacies. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. The more so you have eaten, you will vomit up and waste your pleasant words. Do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of your words. Apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge. Do not withhold correction from a child, for if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. My son, if your heart is wise, my heart will rejoice, indeed I myself. Yes, my inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak right things. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day. For surely there is a hereafter, and your hope will not be cut off. 
in the very first part, the first three verses, talks about how we need to be careful with a ruler. What is a ruler? Basically, it is a rich person or a person in authority because of their social stature that has been gained through wealth. We are warned to be careful with them in general because not all of them have gained such great wealth with good intentions. Now, this does not mean that all rich people are evil and are ill-intentioned, and especially that we shouldn't feel hatred towards the rich people, because that's not the way it works. So the Word teaches us that we need to be careful, we need to be wise, that we need to think twice before taking something from them, even if it seems to be something that is offered freely, because hardly anyone gives you something for nothing especially someone that is rich. And we are also taught that what they have is deceptive or fleeting, so we should not desire it. Verses 4-5 to five says, Do not overwork to be rich, because of your own understanding cease. Will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle towards heaven. So here, we're warned about the temptation of trying to make ourselves rich because we may desire what the rich person has or to be like them. And this is a very common problem. People admire the rich. They want to have what the rich have. Most people think that money is a solution to everything in life and that it will bring them joy and happiness because they feel they will be able to get everything they want. And so, many people strive to make themselves rich. This is where the danger of the love of money comes in, and the Bible is very clear on the evil that the love of money brings. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 and 10 says, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now, as we have said many times, money within itself is not evil, because it is something that is necessary in this material world. Without money, we can't buy what we need. But we cannot fall in love with something like money. There is a big difference between one and the other. Working to have what you need is perfectly fine. But going above and beyond because of ambition or for the wrong reasons, that's a problem. That's where things get complicated. And that's what we are counseled against. It says that if we are smart or wise, that we should understand that we should only work for what we need, not for what we want. So we are to work hard. We need to be diligent. We need to be responsible to provide for what we need. But we should not go beyond that. Least of all, to try to fulfill the void within our lives with money. Because in the end, money comes and goes. Money is something that can be there today, but gone tomorrow. Possessions are only good for the here and now, but we cannot take them with us when we die. So we are taught this wisdom. Why should we sacrifice ourselves for something that is uncertain? Now, let's look at verses 6 through 9. Do not eat the bread of a miser, nor desire his delicacies. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. The more so you have eaten, you will vomit up and waste your pleasant words. Do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of your words. What is a miser? It's a person who hoards wealth and spends as little money as possible. Why do we need to be careful with them? 
because they simply do not care about anyone. They definitely suffer of this love of money. Have you ever met anyone like that? A person where money is everything to them? There are people that are so ill-intentioned that they will try to lure you by giving you a little taste of what they have. But don't take the bait. Because if you take it, they will not only find a way to get back what they gave you, but they will find a way to take what is yours. And they don't care about the pain and agony they cause you. They are only out for themselves. So the Bible tells us quite graphically that the morsel you have eaten, whatever it is they gave you to lure you in, that you will vomit it up. So be careful. People use all kinds of things to try to get you to lower your guard down, to lure you in, so they can take from you, even if you just have a little bit. They want that little bit. It's never enough for them. So be wise. Don't desire to be like them and stay away from them. It's just a bad idea all around. And don't commit the mistake to think that you are smarter than them and that you are in control of the situation. You need to rely only on the Lord and take heed to His wise and divine counsel for your own good. Now, let's continue with verses 10 to 11 where it says, Do not remove the ancient landmark nor enter the fields of the fatherless. For their Redeemer is mighty, He will plead their cause against you. Now, what does the ancient landmark mean? And what does the fatherless have to do with that? What this means is that there may have been a rightful landowner that owned lands, but that they died for some reason, and the heirs are not of age to defend themselves, nor what their father left them, what would rightfully be theirs. So we are basically taught here to not take advantage or run over the rights of those people that cannot defend themselves, that we should not take advantage of them. Just because there isn't someone physically capable to defend what is theirs does not mean that their things are there for the taking. So quite simply, never take advantage of the defenseless because God will deal with you either here and now or worse in eternity. What is the right thing to do? Align yourself with God. Help the fatherless, not because you plan on gaining something, but rather for the simple fact that you are doing God's will, who in turn will bless you in one way or another. If we go against God, we will lose and lose big, and there is nothing that can stop that. But when we align ourselves with God, when we look to do what is right before Him, then we win, and we win big, and we win eternally. Now, let's look at verses 12 to 18 to finish. Apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge. Do not withhold correction from a child, for if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. You shall beat him with the rod and deliver his soul from hell. My son, if your heart is wise, my heart will rejoice. Indeed, I myself, yes, my inmost being will rejoice. When your lips speak right things, do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day. For surely there is a hereafter, and your hope will not be cut off. Verse 12 reiterates the point that we need to apply our heart to God's instruction that it cannot be something superficial because learning God's ways cannot simply become an intellectual pursuit. God's instruction is something that is holy, that it needs to become a way of life, something that transforms you, that becomes a part of you. 
in that we need to apply our ears to his words of knowledge, that we need to learn how to discern what truly is his knowledge versus whatever else the world and Satan tries to make sound like the truth. And here is where we need to be careful. Most of the time, in Satan's constant attempt to deceive you, he will try to make his lies sound like the truth. He tries to make it difficult to discern so he can ultimately make you follow illusions and deceit. All he has to do to get you onto the wrong path is tilt you off course just a little bit, just a small tap, so that over time you are as far away from the mark as you can and that you are lost and that you cannot find your way back. Now, if we look at verses 13 to 14, we receive the instruction that not only are we supposed to follow God's truth, but we need to teach our children, those that come after us. We need to help them follow what is right as well. If you are a parent, you cannot just leave your children to their own devices, and least of all, for them to be educated and brought up by the world system which belongs to Satan, because that is what will happen if you are not on top of the situation. If you are not very careful and watchful, evil will get in when you least expect it, and you will lose your children along the way. So if you love your children, correct them. Give them a little physical reminder, if you will, and if you have to. That's what beating them with the rod means. It doesn't imply abuse, but every now and then, children need to feel a little fear so that something important sets into their hearts and minds, just like what God does. We have to remember that the Bible teaches us that we need to love God, but that we also need to fear Him, which implies more than just respect, that we have to understand that He is a fearful God as well. God needs to be taken seriously. So you have to instill in your children the ways of God, starting from very young, and you have to do it in such a way that it is taken seriously, that you are taken seriously for their own good, and also for your own good, because children are God's inheritance. And so, God will ask you, and only you, what you did with your children as a parent. He is not going to ask your wife, or your husband, or your parents, or their school teacher, or anyone else. God is going to demand an account from you, on what you did. Being a parent is serious business. And finally, if we look at verses 15 through 18, when we seek God's wisdom, when our heart becomes wise in Him, we read that God rejoices. Because Proverbs is more than instructions from a human father to a son, but rather it is God's personal instruction to each of those that are His children, those that have come to make Him the Lord of their lives out of their own free will, because we are not born children of God. We need to choose for God to become His children. So, we ultimately make God happy when we learn, take to heart, and do those things that are right before His eyes. Now, why should that be important to us? Well, if you love God, then you will want to please Him. You should not do things because you have to, or because you have no other choice. Because in this world, you always have room to sin. But like the loving Father He is, He only wants what is best for us. That's why He teaches us. Because in the end, we are told not to envy sinners, and that we should always remember that there is a hereafter, and that in that not-so-distant future, 
we will give an account for everything we have done, whether it was good or evil. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 says, Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every good work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. In everything that we have looked at today, we can understand that God is teaching us things that are more than just words, more than intellectual concepts, that they are teachings that need to become a part of our life. We cannot just learn God's words and His principles. We need to live them day in and day out. We need to experience His wisdom so that it becomes life in us. Because this is something we really need to understand, that there is an afterlife. But before going into that afterlife, there is a judgment. Every single person will give an account, both non-believers and believers in Christ. And every single one of us will give an account for every single thing we have done, whether good or evil. But the major difference between the believer and the non-believer is that Christ frees us from the power of sin. That we are truly made free through Him so that we can have a true choice. So that we are no longer slaves to our carnal desires and that we are forgiven through Him. Jesus Christ gives us a fresh start, but with that fresh start, there is a responsibility and probably even a greater one. Because when He comes into the picture, you are more aware about the truth. And when you know what is right, you are liable for it. So, you can either hold on to Christ for the right reasons, so He continues working in your life, transforming you, changing you day by day through His Holy Spirit and Word, or you veer off the path by following things the Bible does not teach. Things that can be attractive and sound like the truth, but are not the truth. We need to remember that we always have free will, that God is not going to force anyone. So always keep this in mind. God loves you and wants only the best for you here and now and in the future. But what happens with you is all up to you. It's your choice. God's plans will only come true for you if you choose to follow Him, to love Him, and to make His Word a part of your life. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, I give you thanks for your love for your Son, Jesus Christ, and for the new and incredible opportunity you give us through Him. Heavenly Father, thank you, O Lord, because we can find new life in Him. Because You give us the hope of salvation. And not only that, Lord God, through Jesus Christ, through Your Word, You give us guidance. You give us detailed guidance as to what we need to do so we can continue growing, so we can continue being transformed. Because, Lord, You are in the business of changing and renewing and transforming lives. Lord God, you want to make great things out of us. Wonderful people. People that are different. That do those things that please you and bring honor and glory to you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you help us to understand that we always need to keep in mind that there is an afterlife. There is a hereafter. There is something that we all need to show up to, and that is judgment. We will be judged. There will be a moment when we all give an account. 
Heavenly Father, help us to understand. But help us to understand also, Lord God, that if we follow you and we serve you and we look for what is right and we do those things that please you, that there will be reward and blessing and great and eternal things that you have stored for those that love you. Heavenly Father, because you are a rewarder of those that love you and follow you, Lord God. Heavenly Father, help us to keep our eyes on the prize. Help us, O Lord. Help us, O Lord, to understand that there is an eternal life and that there are blessings and honor and glory that come together with that eternal life if we remain faithful to you. Help us to endure, Lord God. Help us to do what is right before you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we continue studying God's Word. Please feel free to write to us through our website if you have any questions or just need some prayer. Our web address again is www.thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.